welcome to The Shed. I'm your host, Bert. Well, I hope everyone had a good month. Um, it's a very eventful month, at least for me, and hopefully everyone had an eventful month. Um, well, let's start off with how my month went. There was a big thing that happened, nothing to me, but earlier this month, um, I was driving after getting my wife some food. But I was driving first. I went over. There was no accident. But on my way back home, um, there was traffic backed up and there was an accident. And when I attended to the accident, um, there was two cars. And one was basically stuck in the intersection, messed up. And there was these two girls in the corner of the street. And people were attending to them, talking to them, helping out these young ladies, which that was awesome. And... But I see the other car and there's just a guy standing there. I was like, man, what what is this guy doing? And, you know, I go up to, I go up to the, driving past the site. And I just see the guy just standing by the car. And I was like, okay, there's something up. So I parked and pulled over or parked, basically I pulled over to, and um, I get out my car and I'm walking slowly, calm, to the other car where the guy's standing at. And as I'm approaching the car, there's a lady beating on her windshield with her fists, just beating on it. She's freaking out. She's like, I can't get out. She's yelling. She's screaming. It's madness, right? And I'm looking around and I see these people just looking at this whole problem and no one's responding to it. I mean, they're responding to it, but they're looking. And then you got two people attending the, or five, six people attending these young ladies, which I understand. But then there's another person in the other car. So she's freaking out and I'm staying calm. And I go, you know, I'm telling her, Hey, are you okay? She's like, she's freaking out. Like I'm stuck. And I was like, hold on, you know, trying to calm her down, talking in a calm demeanor. And I was like, can you open the door, like grab the handle through the back? And she opens both doors, sigh of relief. And it was starting to smell like smoke a little bit, but I wanted her to stay calm before it got worse. And thank God it didn't get worse, but it smelled like smoke pretty heavily inside the car. So I'm glad she opened the door and I'm talking to her. She's like, thank you for helping me. You have common sense. And I was like, look, you know, people are not used to this type of environment. It's okay. And she's freaking out. She's like, oh, my chest, oh, I can't breathe, and I think I'm having a heart attack, and it looks like her chest slammed right into the, to the steering wheel. So I was like, I think your chest is sore. You know, we're talking, we're looking at each other, you're not losing any vitals, you know. And yeah, I'm using my common sense to keep her calm, you know, because if you freak out, you'll probably possibly put her into shock, and I don't want her to have a heart attack by freaking her out. She's a little bit older. And I was like, look, you know, it's, it's okay that you've been in an accident. It's okay. You're freaked out. I just think you're freaked out. And I just really, really think, you know, now that you're settling down from all this adrenaline, you're feeling a lot of pain in your chest. And I was like, you're probably going to be sore the next day. And as she was freaking out, I'm sitting there like everybody's just staring and you know, and I'm just sitting there trying to keep her calm. And I think the more people who got involved, the worse they got. So that's the worst part about the whole fucking thing. So, you know, the ambulance comes and they come up 
and they take care of everything. The fire department, the sheriff county or the, the county sheriff comes by and everything's good. You know, like taking care of both people. Um, one of the girls left with injuries and same thing as her. And I'm glad it could have got, you know, I'm glad that everything was good. It could have got worse. You know, the part of the Pacific Northwest I live in, um, some of these people probably never struggled horribly. They probably had minor struggles. But what I'm saying is like they haven't lived in a situation like where I lived at in Chicago. And I've seen a lot of mess up things in my life a lot. And these people probably haven't got punched in the fucking face. So, you know, adding to the calamity, to this problem, madness, like I was walking down very calm because I've seen I didn't, I'm not going to say I've seen it all. I'm not going to say I've seen the worst of the, I mean, I've seen really bad and, and I've seen some worse, but I'm not saying like I lived in the hood and I've seen all this bad shit. Yeah. I've seen some normal, typical Chicago shit, people getting shot, heads getting beat into a wall. Um, I hear stories, horror stories. I walked in, you know, a crime scene. So I'm pretty level headed and some people are just not built for it. I'm not bragging. I just know what I've seen. And it's just some people are built softer and softer because these people just looked helpless and didn't even want to help. Not, I wouldn't say they didn't want to help the lady, but they didn't put too much effort or hardly at any effort at all to help this lady. And I get the young ladies need to get taken care of, but you know, now that they're put off to the side, you know, you go attend and help the next person, which really gets to me is that, you know, I know there's rough parts here and where I live at and I know that some people live different lives and some people live rough lives and some people had it good, which I'm not even mad about. But when you're not, we're starting to have more people not built for hard times and everybody is just making up excuses, not holding themselves accountable or even too scared to help people in a simple car accident. It's, it's getting bad. You know, it's like, it's like a, it's like reality TV. Everyone was just staring at this whole thing, like not helping. And what's disgusting is, you know, people had their phones out. I don't think they were taking uh, video, but they were taking pictures. And it's just, it's crazy to think about how some people just never faced hard times. And it's just how it just shows because people didn't know how to respond during a hard time. And it's just sad because all this, drama and everything and everyone looks at it and they just don't know how to react because they don't they never been through hard times and I'm very grateful that I've seen some things and I've been through hard times because I'm not saying I was built for this but I was prepared to go help a person regardless of everything else going on and I was willing to help the person within reason I mean I wasn't like breaking into the car and I did it in slow motion or anything no I just did the decent thing as a human being and helped and help this lady who really needed help. And it's just crazy how people are just, I want to say, well, I mean, people are sensitive for stupid shit, but they're not sensitive and willing to help those who really need it. Cause everybody wants to be the victim all of a sudden, or people are just, well, don't want to hold themselves accountable. I mean, my parents held me accountable, whether I was wrong or basically right. And people just say, Oh, it's okay. Like I never was told what I wanted to hear. I was always told the truth. And the cold, hard truth doesn't care how you feel. And it doesn't wait. It it just doesn't do any benefit by telling people or your kids, oh, it's their fault. It's everybody's fault. Because I think we're kind of building a narcissist environment for everybody. Like, it's everyone else's fault. It's not your fault. It's just, 
it's starting to get bad. Like people can't even attend to a car accident. Well, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Cause you didn't want to help the person, but you wanted to sit there and watch the whole fucking fiasco, but it's all good. Both people were safe. It just disgusts me that you're just going to stare and let a person just sit in the car, freaking out, punching the window. Yeah. You know, and I told her it's okay. This isn't normal where you get in a car accident and everyone's like, you know, go on with your day. It's pretty traumatic. I mean, it was a pretty bad accident. It wasn't like a really, really bad accident, but it was bad enough to be like, this lady, she has some injuries. It's Some might be bad and some might be internal. It was a pretty bad accident. Um, no fatalities, but, you know, like, people were pretty much more prepared. Or they needed to be prepared. Or if you're going to pull over, fucking help. It. When more people look, it's like you're starting to be more, you're almost as useful as a fucking popsicle in the winter. You're just basically useless. Anyways, it's just crazy. But also during this month, um, I attended to the Colorado versus Oregon game and let me tell you something. I'm all about the hype of Coach Dion. What he's doing for Colorado is great. The big improvements he's did was great. I mean, this man puts asses on seats. And when I watched him face TCU, I was like, oh shit, you know? Now, what I'm about to talk about, you don't always have to be a necessary football fan, but there is a conclusion to the story. And this is also something that I paid attention to. Everyone believes in hype. Everyone believes in like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. But when you're there, you start to see little things matter at that point. So I, I drive all the way down to Eugene with my friend, John. And we are excited about this game. We are excited to see Coach Prime. We are excited to see this game because we're like, this is going to be a really good game. It's a top 25 game. Um, if you're ranked one of the top 25 and they face each other, that's what I mean by top 25 game. There are multiple and a ridiculous amount of people in this stadium. So. All right, sorry, I lost track. There was a lot of people in this stadium. But when I watched this on NCAA when you play NCAA football, the stadiums look really big. Also, when you um, watch it on TV, Autzen Stadium looks humongous. So when I went there, and I actually walked in the stadium, it's a beautiful stadium, by the way. And you see the fans, they're tailgating, everyone's having a good time. It's like calm before the storm. And they'll let you inside the stadium, but they won't let you. Well, they'll let you around the stadium and all the other complexes, I guess that's what they're called. But they won't let you inside the bowl, inside the stadium stadium. So I'm walking around. It's beautiful. And I go up to the edge where they, like where you could see inside a stadium. And it looks it looks really cool. It's very, very, very cool. It did look big from the outside. But when the gates open and they let you in, <laughs> it was magical. So I go into the stadium. You know, we grab our food, and as when we got to our seats, it was like me, my friend John, and there's some fans. And we're sitting down, and I'm looking around the stadium. 
And the first thing I notice, the stadium's not big. But every time I watch TV or play NCAA football, because, you know, back in the day before they got rid of it, that game was out. The stadium felt huge with the fans and everything. So I'm sitting down and the more closer the game time, the more fans are in and the student sections getting filled up really quick. So Deion Sanders, everybody's there for Deion. I was included. My friend John was included. Randoms of Colorado football who never gave a shit about Colorado in the first place cared about this game and cared about basically Deion Sanders. And it's just crazy. So I'm starting to notice that Deion's walking and people are booing at him. They're like getting the fans were just this is the student section. Okay. You know, they're college students. They were like booing and saying, oh, whatever, you know, they're yelling They're They're just booing at him. They're not really being super disrespectful, but they know he's the reason why that they're good. So he walks away from them and they stop the booing. And before the game starts, it's like the atmosphere started to grow and grow. And as I'm sitting down watching two teams warm up, Colorado looked very determined. It's like they think they're going to be winning this game. They're not underestimating their opponent, but they were really ready. And Oregon comes in and everyone's going, the student section's going nuts. And I'm sitting there and I look at my friend John like, this game might be a little bit different than what we're talking about here. So they're coming out, people are cheering. It's like pandemonium. It's nuts. And they're just warming up. The game hasn't even started yet. And these motherfuckers are warming up. Okay? Warming up. So, Colorado's warming up and then everyone's all over. They're over Colorado. Now they're focused on their team. Now, at this point, the stadium's packed. And I'm looking around. I'm like, holy shit. I don't know if Colorado's going to win this game. Because let me tell you something. Even though... It wasn't as big as other stadiums. Like I've been to Husky Stadium and Husky Stadium is way bigger than this stadium. And now I see why it's hard to to win there and play there. So I'm sitting down and it's packed. The fans made the stadium look and feel massive. It was such an intimate environment that I was like, holy shit, this is this is the most different thing I've ever seen in any fan base sport of all time. And I'm not trying to exaggerate. They caught my attention. First off, I was there for Dion to see. And plus, I was there for the game to see how, you know, it's going to be a good game. But then by by middle of the first quarter, I'm an Oregon Ducks fan. I'm for the Ducks. The fans are respectful. The season ticket holders were great. They were wonderful people. And they knew why me and my friend John was there. But they didn't want to say it. So, you know, the environment was great. They had a paratrooper come out with the Oregon flag and... The game ball, they did the national anthem. It was great, okay? And this was before first quarter. So by the middle of the first quarter, I became a fan. And they were up by 14 points, I guess. Like, you know, the craziest part is Oregon was favored, okay? Don't get me wrong. I didn't think they were going to win the way they did, okay? And you become part of this culture when you're in this stadium. It is very organic, very beautiful. And by the time they were relentless, they were screaming and all that stuff. 
and Colorado wasn't ready. They weren't ready for that big atmosphere, especially the quarterback, Shador. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just, it happens. You're going to be in a, in a situation you're not ready for. And what do you do? Do you get up or do you, or and you grind it out? But at this point, they, it was in their favor and the fans knew it. And even the ducks knew it. Dion didn't look like primetime that game. And I think it humbled Colorado. I think they're going to be ready for this next season. Or I mean, for the next game, not next season. What the fuck am I saying? Sometimes surprises are good. It changed your perspective of things. Because I didn't know too much about Oregon. I know they were good. Okay. And I didn't think they were going to really lose this game. They were possibly going to lose this game, I was hoping. But there was just something. They were just disciplined. They were well coached. They were in their environment. It was a super, it was beautiful. It's like poetry in motion. It's cool because, you know, Dion was like, well, we didn't need to be humbled. Well, I'd rather be humbled in the beginning of the season than in the playoffs or in the championship rounds of the Pac-12 championship or the national championship. So it's best to get humbled sooner than later, right? And it's not going to hurt them too bad because they, they can recover from it. But the cool part is my perspective changed. I sat in this stadium. Everybody knew what I was there for. If you're not wearing Ducks gear, there's people with flags, Colorado flags. There's people with jerseys, with Colorado jerseys. And they were there for Coach Prime and the kids. Because I saw Colorado last year and they, they were horrible. The Huskies just brutally beat them down. But in this game, you know, yeah, they got beat pretty, like, really bad. But what it was was... They weren't ready for that type of environment. Texas TCU was a big environment. So I don't know how the stadium was there, but when you went to Autzen, it was different. The environment was different. The people are different. They're all Oregon based. They, it's just like they were peaceful. There were some Colorado people who got a little out of hand, but they handled themselves. Well, and I was very impressed. I'm a fan of the ducks. 100%. Um, it's just it it was like how I became a White Sox fan, you know, speaking about perspective changing, you know, growing up living in Chicago, you know, I was a Cubs fan because everybody else was one. And one of my cousins like, hey. I want you to go and watch sit down on the TV with me and watch one game with me. And I looked at my cousin. I was like, all right. I mean, I have nothing else doing. I mean, I'm a kid. You know, who is it's over the weekend, you know. I mean, I have nothing else to do. I'm a kid. <laughs> so I sit down and I'm watching the White Sox and the batters that were coming up. But there was one man that made me fall in love with the White Sox. And I had this feeling of, oh my God, of connection. It was deeper than, you know, I loved the sport of baseball, but it was like, oh my God, I'm a White Sox fan. And that's what happened in Oregon. But. When I was watching that game, there was a big black dude, and his name was Frank Thomas. Ever since I saw him come up, because, you know, I was a big kid growing up. I didn't think baseball was a big guy game. So I saw him, and I fell in love with the White Sox. So it was the same thing. You know, your, your, your perspectives change when you start to see things differently through a different lens. And I sat down as a spectator for both teams, you know, going back to the game. And I became a fan of the Ducks because the culture is great. Everything about it is. 
organic. But going back to Dion, I think it, you know, with perspective, it was good that they lost. And I'm going to say why. This team that they were facing was very well coached. Their environment was in their favor. And they capitalized on every single mistake they made. It was like they weren't, it was like Colorado wasn't disciplined. Like either they got this in the bag and it was going to be a close game and they thought it was going to be close. You got to go in that thinking you're going to win. Maybe they thought they're going to win, but they weren't sure because you're in Oregon. This is one of the best teams in the Pac-12 for a very long time. And the culture has been very disciplined. It was, it's, it's great. Here's the thing. You need to learn that sometimes your time ain't going to be every single time. And I think that's what they learned in that game. They learned that they need to be more disciplined. They need to be better coached because they were out coached. I'm going to tell you this right now. The Ducks even outclassed them, you know, and it's, I'm not hating on Colorado because everyone does that. And it's been Dion, Dion, how about the kids and the coaching? That's what I'm looking at. Cause I was focused on Dion and Dion and the kids like this team is explosive. These Duck fans did not underestimate this team because one fan was like, hey, you can't sleep on them because they have enough athletes to turn this around in a dime. They were very humble about it. But these Ducks felt like they were going to win this game. And they were determined, but they felt like they were going to win this game. And I didn't know before the game they disrespected the O. Let me tell you something. You don't disrespect anyone's home field because all you're doing is adding fuel to the fire. So, yeah, these kids need to be humbled. I heard when Dion said, oh, we didn't need to be humbled. Sometimes you need to be humbled whether you think you need to be humbled or not. It happens. It even happens to the best of people. You learn from that time. You learn from those mistakes, and that's how you grow. Because you just started this program. And I'm going to say this. He just started this program, and there's a lot to learn. You got a lot to learn about the, the conference. You got a lot to learn about your team. Basically, everybody's brand spanking new on this team, and these Oregon Ducks have been playing together, and this chemistry and the well-coaching, like, that comes with time. And yes, when you feel like it's your time and you fall on your face, it's a learning lesson. I thought it was my time many times, and I fell on my face, and it humbled me. There's times I've been humbled with jobs that were easy at my, at my old gig, and then it ended up being hard. Just like earlier this week, actually, I did a job. I thought it was going to be, you know, in the bag and I struggled. And you know what? I learned so much from it and it humbled me. Don't underestimate any job. Basically, don't underestimate any opponent. Don't underestimate any aspects of your life. I'm not saying they underestimated it, but they felt a little lax too. This should be like every single time it should be like a Super Bowl. I was taught to be disciplined. I was taught to, to don't underestimate your opponent. And sometimes being humble is not a bad thing. Failure would teach you success. I failed a lot in my life. And I know Dion failed a lot in his life. And I know all those players have failed a lot. I mean, he found them from great places and some hard places where they grew up at. But when you're rolling around with a Rolex watch, bragging what kind of car you have, like, yeah, I support the NIL deals. Take your money. But sometimes you got to be humbled. You know, there was times I try to brag or talk up what I do. My wife keeps me humble because at the end of the day, I ain't shit. I'm more than outside of my job. You know, and those kids, it was a great learning curve. 
it's a great learning lesson because this Pac-12 conference is tough. You got a lot to learn. And let me tell you something, you better dig deep. Because if you're going to win this whole thing, you're going to have to win out now. And that's how I look at my job. Every week's a battle. Every day is a game. Like, basically, every day's my opponent. How am I going to overcome the stress? It's like, I got to manage it, right? I'm not going to win every day. And it's okay not to be good at everything. And it's okay to be humbled once in a while. That's what happened to Colorado. Yeah, you look great on paper. At first, people doubted you, but now you look amazing on paper. What are you going to do with it? Shit. My Bears look great on paper, my White Sox look good on paper, and then they just eat a bag of dicks. But it's part of learning. It's part of suffering and pain. It's part of learning. So you either learn from the pain and change your whole aspect of things, or you're just going to be miserable, right? Because misery loves company. Those kids needed to be humbled whether they think they needed to or not. Um... They need to focus on the game more than the luxury because they had luxury immediately as soon as Dion got there. And those kids knew across the board it was going to be easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And let me tell you something that's not. Life, life's unfair. Life is harsh. But what are you going to do when you get punched in the face? Are you going to roll over and just keep bitching and just feel bad for yourself and blame everybody but yourself? Or you're going to roll up your sleeves, lick your wounds, and go on with your day. So I hope, and I really hope, those kids learn from that lesson. Don't disrespect someone's home. Two, you know, go into the game like you're not the best team. Every single, I was taught every single quarter, 0-0. And every time when I go into work, I didn't do shit. And I ain't shit, and I got something to prove every day. But most importantly, you got to be positive. Being positive will get you a long ways. I think being positive is the best thing when you are miserable. Because when things are good, it's going to be really good. But when things are bad, you were prepared for the storm. I believe that everything I went through got me to the point where I'm at in my life. And I'm grateful that I suffered. And that I had problems, I'm glad my mom was like, good. Because with Jock Wilco was like, Talking about this guy's problem, Jocko said good. And when I heard that, I was like, well, I didn't get the promotion. Good. I got overlooked again. Good. Yeah, I was the nice guy. And I don't think they're going to take me serious. And they go, well, Bert's great and all, but good. I'm glad they said but. I'm glad they underestimated me. Because now I'm getting a lot of praise. But at the same time, I'm going to stay humble. Because I ain't shit. And the next person's going to be ready to replace me. And who knows what the next person's going to be. And I've worked so hard and ate shit so long that, yeah, I got a whiff of success, but I'm not happy. I'm here to excel and go above and beyond. Because I want people to see that I'm above and beyond and I'm more than my job. That's why I'm good with people. That's why I treat people with respect because they're more than their job. That's why I'm understanding because I ate shit for so long that I know how it feels to be treated like shit. So I treat everybody with respect because of those things. These times that are hard for Colorado, I hope they learn from it. And the Ducks, they better be humble like we beat a good team and now we got another tough week to go. Well, whether you're on the winning side or the losing side, there's always things you can learn from. And if you're willing to be better, which maybe, and I know Oregon's going to be better because they're like, okay, we need to work on these things. And Colorado knows they got to work on a lot of things. 
I just remember when I was playing football, we won, but there was things to work on. Hey, Martinez, you missed this block. Hey, Martinez, you need to get up in there and, you know, you need to make a play. Who's going to make a play, even though we won? So then that's the thing. When I left, um, you know, football and didn't go make it through college, the hard part was figuring it out. I had so much to learn from suffering. And that's the thing. Be humble all the time because I know how it feels to be the guy overlooked. And I told one of those employees that, and now we bonding better than ever. I'm not going to treat you like shit because I, all I have is a title. I still got a lot to prove. I'm still the new guy, but it's okay. And if I lose good, it's going to keep me humble. It's going to keep me hungry. Sometimes being humble is one of the greatest things. And I appreciate my mom for those things and my wife, but my mom before my wife was around, she goes, you ain't shit. And you better be keep your head up high when you fail. During those hard times, my mom was a savage. Um, there was times I walked down with my head, head down, and she keeps you keep your head held high and you keep it tall, high and proud. No matter if you fail or you do well. And she'll tease me and talk shit to me that I failed. But that's the thing. My mom kept me humble. She didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. Even my father didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. Hell, even my uncles didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. And yeah, you can have a low self-esteem or you can roll up your sleeves and get to it. Because life's not fair and that's what they taught me. You know, I you could either feel bad for yourself and sit there or you're going to recover from it and move on. Sometimes you got to be humble whether you like it or not, whether you feel like it's necessary or not. There's so much things to learn. And I hope Colorado learns and I hope Dion learns and yeah, go ahead and be confident. It's okay. But it's, there's nothing wrong with being classy and humble. And I'm not saying he's not, but there's nothing wrong being classy and humble. I like how he's running the program. It's great. But the thing is, it's okay to be humbled. I mean, there's times that I keep myself humbled. Like I didn't do, you know, there's, there's things I could work on and there's always things you, always things you can learn or work on. It's just crazy that when I look back, after watching their loss and becoming a new fan, I look back to myself. When people lose, I look back at myself. So if someone was like, man, you know, works has been hard. You know, they've been unfair. Yeah, I've been there. And I'm going to help you get through it. And, you know, I won't judge you. Yeah, I'll judge you at first. But then I look back at myself like, I was that guy. Now, I never got into any legal trouble as an adult and I stayed out of legal or out of legal issues. But the thing is, I can't feel like I'm better than anyone because when I did that in front of my mom, she's like, you ain't better than that person. And I was like, damn man, like self-improvement is very important. Even with my wife, I had to work on my relationship, be better with her. Hey, you know, I used to tell her, well, it's not like I abuse you or it's not like I do these things. That's not an excuse. You've got to get better and it's okay to be better. That's the whole part of life. It's growing. Man, I remember <laughs> my father it is, is one of my heroes as well as my mom. And you know what's crazy is when I was a trumpet player, I was like a prodigy with these kids. But my dad says, you still got a lot to learn. So it doesn't matter. There's always room for improvement. I remember the first day when I was trying to play the trumpet, my dad was teaching me. He handed me just the mouthpiece. And I had to play that for hours. And then when he attached the trumpet to, or the mouthpiece to the trumpet, I could play 
three gigs, like three whole sessions, or what, what is it, concerts. Yeah, I could play concerts because my dad prepared me with just being humble with just the mouthpiece. So, yeah, my dad's like, yeah, you're great. You can be playing with me, but there's so much you got to learn. You're still, you're not ready yet. And I was like, damn, I'm like out playing these kids. But in the adult world, I wasn't ready. So here's the thing. Even though you're ready, you should be prepared for the storm. Even though you're ready, you should always be humble because you can get complacent at any given time. And complacency is one of the worst things you can do. And hell, there's times I'm complacent. I mean, I've been complacent sometimes with this podcast and I got to hit my head on my ass and do another episode. And I'm doing once a month because I can maintain it. The thing is, I can't get complacent. I got to stop waiting until the end of the fucking month to do it. But that's the thing. People, there's people who like my podcast and I don't think it's great. But here's the thing. I stayed humble, right? People are like, oh, yeah, like, you know, your stories, your input. But I have to stay humble. And that's the whole thing about Dion and that program. And that's the whole thing I learned on both sides, on the winner side and the loser side. It's good to learn. You're either growing or you're dying. Lou Holtz said it. And, you know, I'm excited for Colorado and what they're going to do. And I'm excited for the Pac-12. And look what happened. It died because they wanted more money. They thought their conference was the shit. And guess what? It got dismantled. I'm telling you this right now. It's, it's a repeated cycle because you have to either grow or die. There is no in-between because if you're just living and just being there, you're going to be miserable at that job or you're not going to make it because you've just been complacent and someone is right behind your heels fucking nipping at it. And that's the thing. And when people say, hey, what's the tough part about the podcast? Staying disciplined. Um, but you seem disciplined. No, I mean, there's things I got to work on. Yeah, you know. You can only do so much with talent, but I believe that hard work beats talent. Sometimes talent will outgrow hard work, but when you're obsessed with something, you're going to become something you never thought you would have been when you realize that you still got to grow. So suffering and pain is your friend. And I'm always going to say that. Like, look at this country, right? I'm not going to dog it. But the thing is, they weren't ready for bullies. They don't even take care of themselves and they think we're the best. And we are. But there's things we could still work on and we still got to look at ourselves and growth. That's the thing. You're growing or you're dying. Like just like Colorado, they got humbled and they needed it. Hopefully they turn it around. And if they don't, that's good. They got so much to learn. They're a brand new team. Oregon, if they lose the Pac-12 or in the playoffs, that's good. They got still a lot of things to do. Go Ducks, though. But that's the thing. The Huskies, they they failed before, and I'm, I, and I still like the Huskies. And I love all my Illinois teams. But the thing is, it's like you, when you bond or when you learn or however you're growing, you take directions that you never thought would happen. Never thought I would ever say I'd be a Ducks fan. Never thought I would be where I'm working at. I never thought I, shit, I even told my dad, man, I can't believe I'm doing so well, well doing so well where I am at. And he's like, well, why? Because in my mind, I will always think I'm good, but I can always be better. And it's okay not being good enough because you can work through growth. And that's the thing. Keep yourself surprised, right? It's the excitement. It's the journey. It's the adventure. And I hope that that lady who got in her accident, hopefully her day becomes better because she learned from, you know, her situation. It's, it's okay. You don't have to be on top of your game every single time but you got to work on keeping it that way. Um, the worst thing you can do is be stagnant. The worst thing you can do is be complacent really. But 
I just hope that all of you have a good week, a good month. Um, and I hope your next month is fruitful, but I thank you for everything. And I thank people for pushing me in this podcast. And I also thank people who pushed me at work, whether they know it or not, they're pushing me to be better. Whether you're encouraging me or I feel like I'm being judged, it doesn't matter because that's part of the journey is the growth. Well, thank you for listening. However you are listening, what time you're listening or wherever you're listening. I thank you very much and I hope you guys have a good month and I hope you have a good next month. Take care.